We had the autumn statement last week, and I think it was met with mixed reviews, as you would expect. But on this episode of the podcast, what I want to do is basically just talk you through the main things that I think that you as listeners would be interested in, give you my views. Now, if you are subscribed to me, you would have received an email on Friday afternoon, which gives you my rundown, my thoughts. You would have had early access to that with some additional bits and pieces added on as well. If you're not already subscribed, you need to go do that right now. Like, seriously, just go do it right now. Um, head over to the website, pitakumalafi.com and subscribe. One thing about me is I do not email every single week with just nonsense. Um, I will only email out when there is something that is worth speaking about. So when you do see an email from me, you know it's because something has happened. So please go do that right now. Now, let me just get one thing out of the way, because I've had a lot of um, comments and people saying, you know, the budget is reflective of the fact that we've got a general election coming soon. And I think maybe there is some truth to that. They are for sure trying to win people over. Whether it's going to be enough or not, I don't know. Um, it's not for me to comment. This isn't a political podcast per se. Um, this is all about finances. And yes, finances is and will always be impacted by by politics. But my view is we take it because it's not often that the government gives you stuff um, that is a positive thing. So let's start off with um, maybe the most important area of all at the moment, which is tax and wages. So the national living wage is actually going to go up and it's going up uh, from £10.42 to £11.44 for anyone who is over the age of 21. They brought back the age from 23. It's typically where this, this is beneficial. So if you're over 21, it's going to give you a boost of about £1,800 uh, a year. And that's for a full-time worker. They've also increased the national minimum wage for young workers. So that's going to increase to £8.60. And that is a £1.11 pay rise per hour, essentially. So good news in that regard. One of the surprising things that they did is they kind of gave a tax cut, um, but they didn't do it in the traditional sense in terms of they reduced the income rate tax thresholds or the income tax thresholds necessarily. What they've done, and this is surprising, is they've done it via national insurance contributions. I've read it, a few people be a bit like, well, that was kind of pointless. Hear me out, because there's actually a win in what they've announced. So there is a cut to national insurance tax. The, the top rate, the top headline rate is going to go down from 12% to 10%. And that's going to be effective from January the 6th, 2024. Now, typically when these kind of things are announced, they will kick in at the beginning of the new tax year. And again, is this a vote posturing choice? Yes, probably is. But this is actually going to kick in from uh, January 6th, 2024. So literally in the new year. And, it's, and, and according to a lot of analysis, it will save those on an average salary of about £35,000 over 450 quid a year. So extra money in your pocket. Now, there are 2 million self-employed people um, who are going to benefit from the action of uh, Class 2 national insurance. Now, class two national insurance, you may say it's, it equates to about maybe 93, 95 pounds per year. So not a big monetary amount. And look, every little helps, right? So it's positive. But crucially, the thing here is that 
in accident and not, you know, paying class two national insurance is not going to benefit your eligibility to state pension. And that's really where the big, big win is. Remember, if for you to qualify for full, full state pension, it depends on your, uh, the number of years you contributed to national insurance. And that you've contributed to national insurance uh, via the national insurance contributions, then actually this isn't going to impact uh, eligibility towards state pension. That right there is the big win because that is potentially worth thousands in the future. They also did something else with uh, national insurance, class four national insurance. Um, that has been um, cut to 8% per year. Um, and that means that that's going to be about savings of £350 per year for uh, someone on an average wage. So positive things in terms of the tax and the wages side. Now, when we come to pensions and benefits, so the triple lock has been under discussion now for the past maybe year, year and a bit, especially since inflation has been quite high because the triple lock is this promise from the government that you'll see an increase in the state pension and it's either by inflation um, and a couple of other metrics. And what they've done with uh, the state pension this time is they've actually announced that they're going to increase the state pension next April by more than what the inflation figure was in September. So state pension is going to increase under the triple lock by eight and a half percent come April 2024. And that's going to take the state pension up to £222 a week, which is a really, really positive thing. And I think for people who whose main source of income in retirement is the state pension, this is definitely going to be a huge help. Considering the fact that there's been a lot in regards to recent news about energy prices going up still um, and, the and the general cost of living increasing. We'll talk a little bit about that in my thoughts a bit later on in this episode, but that's really, really good news. Now, for those people who are on universal credit, universal credit and benefits are going to increase by 6.7%, which is in line with the September inflation figure. So that's going to be a good thing. Um, that means that effectively there's about 5 million households currently who are going to have an additional £470 in their pocket. So positive news on that front. There was a whole host of other stuff around um, the reform of our benefit system that was announced. Some of that is very contentious. I haven't mentioned it here. I'm not going to talk about it much on this episode of the podcast because um, I feel as though that can be misinterpreted. But generally speaking, what they're going to do is they're going to try and streamline benefits a little bit. And for people who haven't been uh, in employment for a long period of time, they are going to introduce measures that will wing them off the benefit system. They're giving them a chance to engage. And if they don't, benefits will be lost. For people who have long-term health issues, there's also a measurement for there. And that's where it becomes a little bit contentious because how do you know that you're going to be able to do the right thing for everybody? They talked about introducing more flexible working um working options, so working from home, so on and so forth, which will work for some people with long-term health issues. It won't work for some. So there's an element of, I guess, trust that needs to be laid in the government in ensuring they do the right thing by people. Um, that is yet to be seen because no system is ever perfect. I think for people who are able to work, who are 
maybe not working and haven't been working for a long time. I personally welcome some of the things that they're talking about. I know that I wouldn't be sat here right now on this podcast and on YouTube, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, um, doing what I do if I hadn't been forced to go to an interview when I was on benefits. And that interview that I went to is the career that I entered into that got me here today. So I think some kind of interventions there need to be had. The reality is from an economic point of view, you can't have able-bodied people not working in an economy if they are capable of working. Um, and if is the operative word here. So there was also a lot of stuff mentioned uh, and announced around um, trying to get rid of the planning backlogs, which will help with our housing stock. Those are great announcements. Uh, will they have an immediate impact on the property market? No, they won't because they have to be worked through. There were announcements for business. They uh, talked about investment zones, uh, creating mini Canary Wharfs. I think that is going to be positive. One of the key things that I took away from it was the fact that uh, the Office of Budget Responsibility are forecasting that by the end of 2024, inflation should be around about the 2.8%. They're also forecasting that our economic growth will be a little higher than previously anticipated. So we should avoid a recession in 2024. Now, what do I think personally in terms of, you know, from a personal finance point of view, what are the things that you should be concerned about right now? I think I was asked uh, about this for an article in the Mirror. Do I think 2024 is going to be better than 2023 from a cost of living point of view, so on and so forth? My thoughts are that, look, I don't know what is coming down the line. I still think, though, that the cost of living is still going to be higher than we have previously experienced. Yes, it might come down slightly from 2023. But one of the things that is still in the pipeline at the moment is the fact that we still have to come the real impact of all of those rate rises that we saw in 2023, this year, those are going to come to roost in 2024, which means mortgages are going to go up by a few hundred pounds a month. Mine has just gone up. And when those go up, if you're a mortgage holder, you're going to have to find the extra money. If you're renting, it is likely your landlord is going to try and pass that on to you. So there is still going to be some kind of difficulty when we look at the cost of living crisis. So the onus is effectively on us to make sure that we are making the right choices from a personal finance point of view. And really that's what I want to kind of end this episode on. As you look at 2024, are you being proactive around your thoughts about how you're going to cope? I'm sure that many of you are, but if you're struggling right now, it's very, very easy to ostrich, ostrich effect, bury your head in the sand and just hope for the best. That isn't going to help you. You really need to take a proactive view of what you're going to do in 2024 to streamline your finances. We all have to make these decisions at the end of the day. Um, and I hope that you're, you have the tools and the, 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 the courage to do so. I mean, I think the podcast and the YouTube channel will obviously offer you some help. Um, but if you do need assistance, if you do have questions, feel free to ask. Um, because next year, let's not be too optimistic. Let's be let's be let's be realistic. Um, it's still going to be difficult. We've just heard that energy prices are going to be going up again. Uh, are you tired of it yet? I know that I am. Um, so that's where we are. Just as a side note, in the new year, I'm going to be launching a book club. It's going to be a six-week book club. And in that book club, I'm going to be taking people through the practical elements in my book. 
So if you read the book, if you picked up the book, you'll know that there's some exercises in there. I've had a lot of feedbacks, people saying that it was a really, really good read, um, but they didn't necessarily have the time to do the exercises. So six weeks, I will personally take a cohort of 20 people through all of the exercises. And the idea is we're going to pull out your, your goals, your aspirations for 2024. We're going to sort out your budget so it's working and it's operational. It's, it's there and has a purpose, can serve a purpose. Uh, we're going to talk about debt. So do you have debt right now that you're trying to pay down, trying to get out of in 2024? We're going to give you a plan so you've got a strategy that will help you work through that. We're going to help you put the foundations in place so you can start to create a financial barrier, a ring fence, some cushion, a financial cushion. We're going to help you do that. We're going to look at investing for the first time. Are there investments that you have that you don't even know are investments? How do you, you know, set the foundations to build wealth for the future, doing it correctly? We're also then going to have a look at how you get your credit score pristine in 2024. There's only going to be a spot for 20 people. I want to run it a cohort of 20 people each time. I'll run the book club every eight weeks. The first one is going to start in January. So if you've got New Year's resolutions, trying to get your finances in, in, in order, this will be perfect for you. So what I'm going to ask you to do is on the podcast, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Go and register your interest. If you're watching on YouTube, there'll be a link in the description and pinned in the comment section. Register your interest there. I will email you uh, mid-December to let you know when we're actually starting. I've got tools, all kinds of things built up. We're going to create a community. And because you're in with 20 people as well, trust me, you're going to have a team of people that you're going to work with that want to perform, that want to have a better 2024 than 2023. So go and register your interest. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week. One thing that we are going to do, and you will get this on Friday. You would have got this on Friday already. I'm recording this on Friday because I'm going away from Nice uh, for my birthday to Nice. Um, we're going to talk about ISIS. Separate issue. But anyway, enjoy the rest of your week. Catch you later, on.